Hi, everybody. Welcome to A Therapist and a Lawyer Walk Into a Bar. My name is Caitlin, and I am your, well, not your, but I am the therapist in this equation. I am yours. Happy Valentine's Day edition. Oh, my goodness. Yours. Yours truly. Yours in a heart candy. And that little boy is John, who is our lawyer in the equation. And we're back. We took a little bit of a break, a two-week break. And so here we are. Yeah. Welcome back. We haven't seen each other for two weeks, so this is... (laughs) (laughs) We only see each other for the hour that we record. Just a pod marriage. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Speaking of that, so I listened to this Detroit Lions podcast. Uh Uh What's it called? Shout it out. They call it the POD cast. Um, cause I mean, it's made by these guys who have this website, pride of Detroit, mm. like lions, pride, lions going to pride, pride of Detroit. Got it. So I was wondering why they were like POD cast, POD cast. And I was like, Oh my God, pod of Detroit or pride of Detroit. And then podcast POD cast. I mean, it was just like, it's just like perfect, you know? Uh, yeah. You're not following me. No, I am following you. I I guess I'm wondering how long did it take you to figure out that that was... Oh, I've been listening to this thing for like two years. And you just figured it out? Just figured it out this morning. Oh, sweetie pie. Yeah. But wow, I wonder like, what was that moment like that those guys like... All right, what are we going to name this podcast? Pod, P-O-D, P-O-D, I think know? it probably took them like three seconds. Maybe two years. Two years, two years. Or under two years. Two years, probably. So, yeah, we took a little bit of a break because I got <clears throat> very, very sick last week. And I'm still recovering mentally, physically, spiritually, mm-hmm. which is what I wrote about this week on my newsletter, which that's what this is. I haven't said that yet. This podcast is a companion piece, a companion to a newsletter that I write over on Substack about, it's called Dialoguing. Mm -hmm. It's about therapy. It's about being a therapist and also being a human. And oh, how human did I feel the last (laughs) two weeks. I, um... I get sick a lot. I've, I've kind of, I've, that's kind of been my life, my whole life. I got sick a lot when I was a teenager. I got sick a lot as a young adult. And then having a toddler in our house, I mean, I would say I'm averaging every six weeks ish getting some sort of cold, especially this time of year. So this is not an unfamiliar experience, but this time I, really physically sickest I've been in a long time, at least in my experience. And then mentally I got just destroyed. Um, Mm -hmm. I was literally, I was having thoughts like, I guess I'll never love anything that I love again. You know, like I'm never going to want to do this podcast again. I'm never going to want to write again. I, you know, like, it's just like a wrap on that. Like all the things you love, all the things that gave you life two weeks ago, it's never coming back. The boomerang went too far and it's never coming back. That's the kind of hopelessness that I was negotiating. Yeah. There was a moment, um, and I think it was last Tuesday in the morning when I was leaving for work and Archie's school was closed again. <laughs> and you're sitting down there, I was like, okay, I'll see you later. And you're sitting in the bed, and you're like, <laughs> I just, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this anymore. I was like, what? It's like living. And it was one of those things where I was like, I, you know, you're laughing, but like the laughing made it all the more feel like you harrowing harrowing yeah like this mm-hmm. no this is maybe like if you've been stone cold and said that i'm like okay mm-hmm. you know i understand your feeling but the laughing was just a, a like a level of defeatist defeated that right, um, right. well was, it actually felt 
there was some relief actually in like instead of it feeling so scary just being like yeah like fuck it literally this is all a joke i can't believe that i talked myself into thinking that like you know you know and i don't i don't know if it's like Prior to this illness, I was really on an upswing and really, you know, it's actually a little bit of how I felt when I had Archie, which was like, I felt so good being, I was really lucky. I had a great pregnancy, a great birth experience. I was like riding a fucking high. And I don't know if I had clicked into this gear of like, oh, you got it all figured out. I don't consciously feel like I felt that before this illness, but the way that I reacted um, during and now in the like the backslope of it is a little bit like, did I think that I was like smooth sailing, like nothing's going to hold me down kind of mentality? Me and I, you know, I have seen people write about that with sobriety of like, you know, it makes a huge difference and it has made a huge difference in my life, but it's not a cure-all you know you're gonna life is still gonna shit all over you and you're still gonna have to be the one to deal with that and so like and and this illness has felt like not like a hangover but just like the dragging ass energy i feel is very reminiscent of kind of how i felt when i was still drinking even periodically like you know i hadn't felt it to this level of intensity and then the prolonged nature of this you know it does maybe that is also why it's been so like debilitating is just like did I think I was never gonna feel this way again like oh I don't drink anymore so like you know never gonna feel my body descend into you know collapse it's like no that's still gonna happen um so yeah and so i wrote about hopelessness this week in the newsletter which like i kind of mentioned it felt good to call it what it was and and then to look at the different types of hopelessness that there are um like you know they cover at least this framing that these dudes came up with it covers all different types of hopelessness that can come up. And some of them that I read about, I don't relate to at all. Um, and I'm going to ask you about what kind you think you have. So be prepared, but I don't know there's going to be a take home or a, it's not a quiz, but exam. I'm just, yeah, I guess I'm curious what, let me see if I can pull up that thing. Um, let me list the nine different types. So there's alienation. So feeling like others have forgotten about you or don't think of you as a peer. The second one is forsakenness. This comes from a feeling of others having abandoned you when you needed them the most. Isn't there like a song that's like forsaken, forsaken? Mm. No? Okay. Three, lack of inspiration, when you don't feel stimulated or creative. I felt a little bit of that one. Uh, four, powerlessness, feeling that you and your actions have no influence or impact on others or the world. Oppression, associated with not being treated fairly or equally, particularly at a macro level. Limitedness, may as feel you don't have enough resources or skills to achieve your goals. That was the one I wrote about. And then seven is doom. This has to do with feeling condemned to a certain negative outcome in life. Eight is captivity. Um, you feel this if you've been a physical prisoner at some point in your life or been in an abusive relationship. And you don't feel that you were free to act or do as you wish. And then nine is helplessness. Feeling you're unable to stand up for yourself or act without someone else's help. You know, we were joking over dinner tonight at IHOP, which was a request that our child had, he wanted to go to a pancake restaurant at night. So not during the day. He wanted to go to the IHOP by our house at night, which really, A, draws a crowd. And um, for the purposes of our conversation, 
we were kind of laughing because I was getting so frustrated with Archie because he wouldn't share his chocolate chip pancake with me, and I was insistent. Insistent is putting it lightly. Yeah. How? What? Well, what were you experiencing? I told you. I mean, I I think it was on par, I, and I've never met in person um, somebody who's addicted to math. But in the depictions I've seen on film, the the level of desperation and pleading and trying to convince mm-hmm. to get that get that hit, uh-huh. um, it was uh, it was, I was uh, relentless. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I wanted it, and he wouldn't give it to me, no matter how much or how nicely I asked. I mean, yeah. you went, you went, I mean, there was some guilting in there, mm-hmm. you know, like when you, you know, when you want something, I give it to you. Uh-huh. Oh, I just really want it. Can you just please share it with me? Uh-huh. I mean, you were just, I even tried, I even tried every... reverse psychology. I was like, oh, it's disgusting. I don't want it. No big deal. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, it's not. It's amazing. And I was like, fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I just really want a bite. And I was like, I just have been like hankering for a chocolate chip cookie. And you were like, what is wrong with you? I was like, I'm depressed. Like, I'm all I can see is what I can't have. And what is being withheld from me? Which I'm saying all this in jest. But, um, you know, I was just kind of laughing. And then I was thinking to myself, like, you know, it's clear to us that you experience a lot of anxiety, but I was wondering, like, your relationship to depression. Like, do you relate to this feeling at all as I'm describing it or as I wrote about it at all? Like, or do you just tend to be... I think, I mean, you really do lean way more anxious presentation than depressed, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, do you have... Uh, does any of this sound familiar to you or does it? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that, um, you know, there's depression that I, I, that when I fall into it, it's like, um, like maybe the overwhelming tipping point of, of high anxiety and possibly mm-hmm. some doom where that re- reaches like a uh, high, high level. Yes. And then I'm just like, you know, it's just like, I just want to, you know, curl up uh-huh. um uh-huh. I was but, thinking, but, but, though, but you never curl up i don't yeah because i look in the mirror and i slap myself and i say yeah get in the game tabalewski i, I wonder i can cut this if you want me to but i wonder if sometimes the drinking is a way to curl up without actually curling up yeah i think it's it's a um like release point, mm-hmm. you know, it's an, it's an outlet for mm-hmm. all of that anxious energy. Right. It's like it's a, a way to collapse without escapism. Cause I imagine if you like, let's say you had a really, you, a lot of anxiety, it tips over into doom and there's a, maybe a piece of you that all you wanted to do is like go in the other room and lay down. I've never seen you do that unless you've been ill or injured. You know, what would you think that means about you if you did that? Like, you know, like there's, I'm curious, like you must have some framing. No, that's like my, I mean, if I were to do my, you know, when it gets to that point, I I psychologically go through that where I just don't want, I just want to avoid it. Uh But when I do avoid (coughs) it, like that voice gets louder and louder and mm-hmm. louder mm-hmm. and louder until But what if it's not avoidance? What if it's not avoidance though? What if it's just rest? That I need that I need rest? Uh-huh. Uh, what's rest? Okay. I don't I mean I don't I don't know. Your system isn't requesting. That. Probably somewhere it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it typically It'll get to, you know, a fever pitch of, like, it just, uh-huh. you know, they just shut down for right, a bit. Right, right. Yeah, you, that's right. You have two, you're very polarized in that way. You're either going, 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 or you're looking at me before bedtime and being like, I can't do this. Like, you gotta do, you know, like, yeah. you know, you, that, that you do hit that point, but it's very rarely, I never see you preemptively 
being like, oh, I probably should like take it easy or, you know, where I should. Yeah. I mean, the only relief that I get from it is doing it. I mean, as even as a kid, like I would get home. But what if it's something you can't do something about? can always do something about it. Pull yourselves up from the bootstraps, okay? Yeah, um, yeah right. You have a myth, the myth of control over everything is mm-hmm. the problem. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. You think you can will and do... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Two points on these nine... Things. Okay. One. Is it too many? Well, it's a lot. Uh-huh. I mean, but I think there's one more about hopelessness, okay. which is kind of one of the things that we've talked about that I sometimes okay. deal with is like the. You're adding an addendum. The, Let's hear it. Um, um, you know, the ultimate whatever. I mean, just like death. Oh, and yeah. I think that's probably. I think that falls under some of these. Like I would say like powerlessness, uh, doom. Um. Okay. I think it would fall under those. But yeah, you're you're kind of like what's the point of life? Like, mm-hmm. you know, where's the meaning, you know. Yeah. 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 The second point is, um, so lawyers really love to make like elements of things. Like here, there's like three parts to this. Like this legal theory has this part, this part, and this part. Okay. From what I've seen from talking to you and from reading this, therapists love like to have like break things in down into like categories. Mm-hmm. Like the, everything is like some degree of categorization. Okay. You're like, you fit into this, this box, this box. Well, this yeah. Box, Cause if box. it's just amorphous, hopeless, like when I think of the word before I looked this up, when I think of hopelessness, it feels like milk on this counter. Like Think of the difference between milk and a carton and just, like, the same amount of milk on this counter. No container. Just, like, it's dripping everywhere. It's on everything. Like, there's just no container to put it in. And, like, I think a lot of psychology is, like, how can we put this kind of amorphous, suffocating experience into a really specific container? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Yeah. And... I think that analogy somewhat works, but it's kind of like, also, I think it's, there's milk on this counter and a therapist, a lawyer might look at it and say, we should clean up this milk. And a therapist might look at it and say, okay, we have this milk over here close to the edge. This milk mm-hmm. um, needs immediate help. This milk I think a is, therapist would be suffering. like, this, this, is, this is, is distressing because, you know, like you would explore why the milk is, yeah, you're like, you say, let's fix it. I say, oh, why does that bother you so much? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what is it about the milk dripping onto the ground that bothers you? And a lot of people would say, well, it's fucking messy. You know, like, that's it. That's it. You know, like, case closed. And milk's gross. <laughs> right. You have a thing about milk. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, my approach to it is, like, you know, is there something specific to you that would feel unburdened by understanding why, you know the milk is so upsetting. Um, The messiness, the uncontainedness, the, you know. So those are my observations about that. Okay. About Morley and Schultz or Mm -hmm. Scioli and Biller. And I think, I think both approaches are really useful in different settings, right? There are times where, you don't need to explore everything to death. You don't need to analyze everything. You just need to fucking clean up the milk. But then, you know, if 
the milk is really bothering you and it continues to show up. You get home from work and every day it's all over your counter. Like at some point you might want to reflect on like, is there a way um, to, it's kind of like what I was telling you about that Jeremy Strong interview I listened to with him on Mark Marin. This is from a while ago, but he was basically, it's very, a very Buddhist idea, but like, <clears throat> you know, why are you arguing with the moment? The moment is what the moment is. And, you know, I think sometimes being like, like in my situation, exploring why I felt, why I felt hopeless, what kind of hopelessness it was, it allowed me to detach enough from it that I could it felt like I was just like bathing in it. It was like, I couldn't see through it. It was me mm -hmm. versus when I can understand it, I can look at it and be like, Oh, that's what's happening. Like, Oh, that's not everything I am. Like, that's very contextual. Like, of course I feel like, you know, a little, a lot of it sluggish and like, I'm having a lot of self-doubt about these creative pursuits because the truth is, is I haven't had energy to invest in them. And so, of course, I'm kind of like put the, putting them on the back burner. But it doesn't mean I need to throw them out. It just means like, you know, you adjust. Um, and so I think it gives me enough distance to look at it. But to your point, there are times where sometimes things just like need to be fixed. And I agree with that. I don't think everything needs to be, I, I, I personally do not have the energy to explore every single thing that bothers me every, you know, I, you know, you got to pick and choose. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And you know, on that, and, and I don't want, I'm not, we've gotten into, um, a disagreement before, I brought this in, but I'm not bringing it up as, as a way to, to criticize or judgmental. It's more out of curiosity. You know, you talk about... This is a great lead-in. I know. Aren't you so excited about what I'm going to say? Yeah, this is very much like... Um, now, Caitlin, don't get mad at me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but talking about, you know, when you're sick, this concept of hopelessness, and this might actually shed some light on it. Um, you have an aversion to going to the doctor, which I think is very normal. Many people have it, but it's also somewhat, I don't know if I'm using this word right, anachronistic, like unlike everything else that you're talking about, you know, looking for <clears> ways <throat> to find health, looking for ways to... Have you ever gone to the doctor for a, like a routine cold? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. And what was the experience like? They checked me out. They gave me some medicine. I took they the gave medicine. you some antibiotics, I bet. They gave me, yeah, they, they, they gave me some antibiotics. It's not they, a bacterial fucking cold. It's a virus. <laughs> like that's why I don't go. I have gone. I, when yeah. we, when I lived in Chicago, I would go and every single fucking time I would either leave with absolutely nothing or an antibiotic. And I, I know what I had was not a bacterial cold. If it had gone on it, I, I will go to a doctor if we're going on like two weeks and things are not trending upward because that does signify the infection has now become something bacterial. But going to the doctor for like a garden variety cold, talk about hopelessness. Like I leave there being like, uh, truly what a fucking waste of time. Like truly what a waste of time. Um, I have no problem going to the doctor if there's something like very, very wrong, but I've had this happen. I remember when two Christmases ago when I had fucking COVID and even then it was the most like powerless dehumanize. I was like, truly what's the point? Well, you went to an urgent care. Oh yes. Right. Your, your complaint is that I need to have like a general practice. Yeah. I think that if you have somebody who you can establish a baseline, you know, let's do some blood tests. Let's figure out, you know, what your body is currently doing, what you're in, you're healthy right now. What does it look like? Mm -hmm. But here's, here's where your shit comes in. There's always something you can do. For if, sure. If it's a no, garden variety cold, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing they're going to give you. If it is. Yeah. If it is. Okay. So do you think I have some sort of like terminal illness that is un, like, oh, I think it's just, it, it's, it's something that, um, you're right that I should, some... you're, you're right that I should have a GP. You're totally right. 
Yeah, I would give as <laughs> I want you to live for a very long time and be with me for a very long time. Not like I this. Have, you don't. <laughs> you're not. You're, we're not trending that way. I have concerns when you are uh, more stately. Um, stately. What does that o- mean? Like older, and <laughs> and. Um, and you know, you may may be very, very stubborn, um, about this. I am not, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I understand where you're coming from. Here here are things that are true. I should absolutely have a general practitioner that I see and have a relationship with. You are totally right. It is not fair to say like you are not some like prince at this either okay and when i was pregnant with archie i went to the doctor all the fucking time i went to enough doctor's appointments to last me the rest of my life okay this one's very trump i do all the doctors i love going doctor i love going doctor doctor is best i did all the doctoring i need to do never need a doctor mm-hmm. again um i'm sorry to our trump listeners about that you have such a complex that you need to say that it is is horrifying but no you're right i here are things that are true i definitely need to do that it would not have helped me in this situation blood tests blood blood tests are you fucking kidding me like blood tests blood tests are important they can tell you a lot about what your body's doing not with a garden variety cold, honey. Like if it's not, but a lot of <laughs> symptoms that are cold, and and it seems that was the case here. I don't typically feel like um, I want the world to end, and I'm absolutely hopeless with a garden variety cold. That's we, that, but we have different mental like capacities, like, mm-hmm. and and you don't get as sick as I do. You're not sick as long as I am, and mm-hmm. like. You might say, oh, well, that means you probably have something underlying. And maybe I do. But it's also possible that the idea that there's like a locus of control within me, that like if I just did this, this thing wouldn't happen to me anymore. And that might be true. Maybe I have some sort of like autoimmune disorder, very common in my family. Maybe that is what this is. But I would venture a guess that it's also possible that this is just my lot in life. I have an immune system that reacts this way to things. And that the premise that there's always something you can do about it, I, I think sometimes is this idea of like, it's like a control issue. And it's like, sometimes it doesn't matter what you do. And like, I take very good care of myself, especially lately. It doesn't seem to make much of a difference in terms of how often I get sick, how sick I get. Um so kind of reflecting that logic though if somebody is is feeling sad or depressed seeking mental health alone is not going to change that it can help it can help move you in the right direction it can help eliminate some things it can help you find support mm-hmm. so i think that there is likewise some things in physical medicine as well that can provide that sort of building block there. I mean, or I think in Western medicine though, they're not there to be like, how can I, you know, it's like do this or do this. Like, that's why I think the thing that my mom sent me about lymphatic drainage was actually very helpful. Like it's not a, a solution. It's not a pill. It's kind of more this like addressing the root of what can sometimes cause your immune system to be, overactive like mine is or not overactive but functioning in the way that it is and it's like but i also don't want to glorify alternative medicine because sometimes like that can be problematic but i think that's the difference between like therapy and western medicine it's like western medicine you're they're not there to be like oh interesting like you know and I've had this experience where i go in and i explain my situation where i'm like i get sick a lot you know and they're kind of like yeah, we'll give you like a strep test or now they'd probably give me a COVID test or like maybe do blood, maybe not. But like, they're not like, let's look at the source. Like, you no, know, no. And, and it sounds like you've had, not to say that I've had great ones, but it sounds like you've had a lot of bad experience with 
internal medicine doctors, which I get. I'm, I've had a I lot of bad experiences yeah. with some therapists. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think there's there's good and bad. There's probably more bad. I don't want to say bad, but there's probably more physical medicine doctors that are want to just provide you a quick fix of mm-hmm. a pill mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Then maybe there are therapists who are want to provide you with a quick do this, do I that. I mean, I think there right are now. lots that probably do, but in my experience, I'm actually writing about this for my next newsletter. Like in my, I don't know any therapist that's like, <clears throat> come in and, and we'll fix you. We'll change your oil and you'll leave. And like, I've that never, was that therapist that I, that I saw the, um, CBT one, CBT one. Yeah. I mean, that was even like one of the first things he said is like, we're here to do work to, we're here to do work to get you, get you fixed. I mean, it wasn't, I don't even said fixed, but it was something very, that's the energy. That's got. the energy. Yeah. 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 You gotta, you gotta work the steps. <clears throat> right. And I think, deal. I think ultimately my, I've never encountered that, but my assumption is that what they probably mean is like symptom reduction or like how I, if I ever emulate that to clients, I think what I'm probably demonstrating is like, there's a way to feel differently towards the feelings you have about being a human, which is kind of what happened to me this week. I think a feeling hopelessness is a part of being a human, but I could change my relationship to that experience. Um, and that I think we have some like control and agency and ability to affect. Um, and it, you know, it's it, just it, similarly to like, I don't think a lot of therapists are being like, come in for your oil change and like leave ready to go. I also don't think therapists are like, there's nothing I can do. And life sucks. And like, you know, you're going to be miserable forever. Like there's, there's a middle ground. Yeah. But wait, are there therapists to do oil changes? (laughs) Cause that would be great. They could like change your oil Uh and Uh you just have a chat with them while they're doing it. And Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. that'd be a real one stop shop. Oh, be great. Yeah. I hate going to get oil changes. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, they just, they come back, like, I, I can see it coming. They come back in with the dipstick, and they're like, eh, see this? Mm-hmm. I'm like, sir, I can't, I can't see anything. That yeah, looks like yeah, a dirty yeah, stick. Yeah, just do me. what you need to do. Well, and... it should be here, and it's not here, and well, got a cabin filter issue, and I'm like, a cabin? What am I, an airplane? <laughs> yeah, like, that did happen last time, is... and they were like, this air filter... What is a problem. And then they show you this chart and (laughs) and you're like, I don't know what this fucking chart means. What are you, what are you talking about? Like I just, you had a sign outside that said like oil change 6999. Like that's, this is, that's what I'm looking for here today. Okay. I was just looking up. And then they make you sign the thing that says like, we warned you about this, but you didn't do anything. So when you're found dead on the side of the road, this. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so last time I went to Grease Monkey, this is from December 2022, I said, you must have called to make the appointment or something. I don't know why it's your name, but I I think we just said aloud our last name. This is how they, so our last name is Topolowski. This is how they spelt it. (laughs) T-A-O-L-W-S-L-C-L. Yeah. Tableski. I mean, the person must have just been like, "Fuck Fucking amazing. Yeah, anyway, that is amazing. Well, I use that example because I remember seeing on a TV show once <clears throat> the husband. Did you say on TV show? <laughs> <laughs> I love on. I love TV. I love shows. Um, the husband, the wife had been complaining about something to her husband and about like a, a colleague or something. And then the husband went and like called her work and tried to address it or whatever. And she comes home the next day and she's like, what the fuck did you do? And he's like, you told me you had a problem. So I went and like 
called and took care of you know she's like i just wanted you to like listen i didn't need you to go fix it and he's like i don't take my car into the mechanic and be like here are all the problems like let's just look at it together like i expect him to fix it and that's why i think Mm. you know that's the example that i think we often apply logic that works in every other area of our life and medicine is kind of one of those cars are more one of those um where there often is a solution or something you could do maybe although i think we tend to think of those things as like way more black and white and certain than they are like medicine is like you know we don't have any certainties there either um we have best guesses you know like probability whatever but we tend to apply that logic to things like our emotional health and and those things just don't typically you know uh, it's not the same operating system and you can't just go in and try to fix in fact the more you try to fix the more the system doesn't like that and like gets it back up on its hind legs um but that does seem a, a bit um not in line with where kind of we started this with it, which is the idea of um, there, there does seem to be a want in mental health to identify and strategize things. Like, mm-hmm. let me put your hopelessness in one of these pots. Mm-hmm. And now that we have it in this pot, now here's our steps to try to fix it. Like, no, it, it's the difference between fixing and understanding, mm-hmm. but understanding <laughs> With an, with the the hope of sometimes just sim- sometimes less. just simply understanding changes the hopelessness. Yes, but there's a difference between changing how you relate to something and trying to fix it, right? So, like, let's say I'm feeling hopeless. A fix it approach would be like looking at every single thing that caused me to feel that and try to extricate those things from my life. Or what a lot of, I think, we experience just out in the world is like, ah, don't feel that way. You've got no reason to feel that way. you got all sorts of, you know, great things in your life. Like, why do you feel hopeless? Which ultimately the skill that I ended up using is some version of looking at, you know, what things are going well. Mm-hmm. But first you kind of have to acknowledge like, yeah, but I do feel like I, it's, it's already there. Well, so maybe this. You're not trying to fix the hopelessness. Mm-hmm. You're trying to deal with the symptoms that somebody's coming in with with hopelessness of, mm-hmm. you know, um, apathy, um, lethargy, you know, feeling like, lost, feeling not lost. knowing what to do. Yeah. So you're trying you're trying to treat the symptoms by understanding hopelessness, mm-hmm. the hope is that the those symptoms won't be as overwhelming because there's an understanding as to this what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that I mean I think there still is the, an effort to treat, not necessarily to cure the underlying thing, but mm-hmm. to treat the symptoms that somebody is dealing with from that thing. Yes, and I think we're probably splitting hairs, but I think I look at my role more as, <clears throat> this is going to sound therapisty's fuck, but whatever. I see my role more as helping people learn how to be with themselves during how life can feel sometimes. And I think that is what happened for me. I was feeling this like, big sticky gunky kind of convoluted it took me a while to figure out what i what was happening and i found a way to kind of like call it what it was look at it where is it coming from why is this so painful for me how am i maybe making this a little bit worse um what do I not need more of? What do I need more of? Um, like, how can I help myself be with this feeling that I think is just a part of life sometimes? Mm-hmm. And honestly, in, in a lot of 
ways, that is the bulk of my role is like, how can I help people find a way to be there with themselves when they feel hopeless, alone, scared, angry, confused, um, no meaning in life, like, you know, how to not abandon ourselves when we feel overwhelmed by life on life's terms. Um, and to me, that is so different from trying to get rid of a feeling. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think it's, um, you know, from my therapy, it's a lot of that being with yourselves, but also, you know, sort of understanding when those feelings are coming into play, mm-hmm. which is something that's really, really hard to do. Mm-hmm. That and alone is hard. That alone Just like is naming really hard. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we take for granted. Like I think people think, like, oh, it's obvious. It's like, it's not fucking obvious. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. It's not. Um, and we've talked about this, and I don't. Your reaction leads me to believe that you're, I think you think it's like an oversimplification, but that whole, there's that whole video about the nail on the head. We've talked about this. It's like a a video where it's like, it appears to be um, a male and female couple, maybe married Mm -hmm. and like, like they're sitting on the couch Mm -hmm. and the woman has like a giant nail sticking in her head. Mm-hmm. And she's talking to her partner. She's like, oh, man, she's had so much head pain recently. And it just feels like so like pressing and constant. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, like um, it's I can't get rid of it. And I don't know what to do anymore. And you can tell like he's just so uncomfortable. He just wants to say like, if you pull the nail out of that, if you pull the nail out. Mm-hmm. You have a nail mm-hmm. literally in your head. Mm-hmm. Pull out the nail and you will feel better and this will stop everything. And, you know, he's just kind of biting his tongue and, you know, like, he, he she's like, pull the nail out. She's like, it's not about the nail. Like, mm-hmm. yells at him mm-hmm. um, that, you know, she didn't want or need mm-hmm. But even But fixed. even in that example pulling let's say there was an actual nail in this person's head mm-hmm. actually leaving the nail in her head might have been life-saving if she were to pull that out of her head with no plan of what to do she could have bled out like oh you know like there's this there's this idea that like everything has this like easy solution and it's like even in that one you know your instinct might be pull that thing out but that could actually be preventing a Hemorrhage, you know, like, you know, it's a silly example, and obviously I fucking hate it. It's ridiculous. But I think there is this mentality that like everything has an easy solution. And 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 I was just writing about this tonight. Like sometimes it's not about what you do, it's about how you do it. You can go through the motions of like even like people saying, like, you know like exercising and its effect on mental health, which I a thousand percent believe in and I can experience myself. But just simply adding exercise to someone's life is not enough to, in a lot of examples, like you could be like hating yourself the whole time you exercise. It could be a punishment. It could be a shame workout more than a physical, like the idea that there are just these like simple, go do this thing. Like, and that's the, one of the, the article that I'm writing likely for next week is a response to this newsletter that was posted a while ago. And this woman is meant to be more sensational than how I write. I'm more about the nuance. She's more about like, no, not everybody needs therapy is the title of the newsletter. And her argument is like, just go make friends before you go to therapy. Like, you know, fix, she even says, like, fix your relationships first, then try therapy. That is such an oversimplification of, like, 
that is also not a solution. And neither is th- therapy in and of itself is also not a like therapy. A lot of therapy is just being like, yeah, there aren't a lot of simple solutions. And the idea that we think just do this and then you're going to feel this, I think is a very a Western American, you know, like, it is a fallacy. And then we do all of those things and then we don't, it is, you never, your promise never cashes in. And I think that's a little bit of what happened to me with this one. I was doing all the things, right? I've been taking care of myself and doing, you know, and it's like, I'm not promised anything. I could do everything perfectly. I could never smoke a cigarette in my entire life and get fucking lung cancer. Like we want there to be this causal relationship to everything. And sometimes there is a correlation and there are statistics and whatever, but I think it almost feels religious in some ways. It's like, if you do all these things, then you'll be, you know, welcomed into the gates of heaven. And it's like, you're not promised fucking shit. And I think a lot of therapy is, at least for me, being like releasing some of that control that we think we have over our outcomes in life. And there are times where we do have a very direct, you know, like impact, but so much less than we think. We talk about this with parenting all the time. Like, our instinct... Is that a helicopter? Yeah, get to the job room. Um, our instinct so often is to control that kid into into doing what we want him to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like... It's a sickness. It is a sickness. <laughs> like, to me, well, that is the sickness. Yeah, exactly. It's Well, it, it's... It is. It's like sometimes you're just thinking it's like he's an extra appendage. Like when you want your legs to move this way because you have to go and get something, you have to be somewhere. And like this additional leg is like just, it's like legs, we got to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it just becomes, yeah. Yeah. Uh It is. It is sickness. Yeah. I mean, and I think I, I agree with you completely on this. You know, this, the Western idea. I think Matt, you know, um, you know, referred to, to Peloton as like toxic positivity, you know, like where there is this sort of like, just do this. You're going to be great. Think about the future we're doing, you know, mm. and, and it's like sort of combining this, you know, positive energy with, you know, fitness. And this is, you know, going to propel you into everything's going to be fine. Um, and if it, if you do it and it's not fine, you know, that's sort of where the, it becomes toxic. I don't get that feeling at all from Peloton. I, I see it. I mean, I, I've I, seen I that see in other it. fitness communities, but I don't see it nearly as much. It, a lot of my experience of Peloton is like, you know, this is not a fix. Like this is not a bandaid. Like mm-hmm. this is not to change your life, even though it probably will. But like. This is to be a companion with you, kind of. And maybe I've drank the Kool Aid so much that I like don't. And maybe I don't do those people that are that. Um, like I just, I, I feel like I engage with people that are much more like. I even did a yoga today with a DT where she said something kind of similar to what we're talking about, which is like, make space for what you're feeling. It's already there, mm-hmm. like. You know, you don't need to turn it into something else. And yeah, that's true. I mean, I think there's a lot of there are a lot of them that, that are a little do bit that. more grounded. And I've been so relieved, at least in my experience in the last, I would say, five-ish years. Like, like my Pilates studio is like I've only ever had one instructor mention body change as part of why we're doing that. Like. So much of it is about, like, the mental experience of, like, what do you do with yourself when you start to feel self-doubt creep in or when you start to do something that's, like, really difficult? You're not in pain, but it's very, very difficult. Where does your mind go? How do you kind of, like, 
show up belongs like belong alongside yourself belonging i think mm-hmm. fits but um i think that's what i get a lot from physical stuff as i get older is like how can we talk about being like a companion like I, I feel like that's that's the kind of support I want is the support that's like <clears throat> come alongside me literally like as if we were jogging and there was this person right here and I don't need a cheerleader I need someone who's like yeah like you know your bones are hurting and your muscles are hurting but you're not in pain you're not falling apart like this is kind of what it feels like you're doing it you know this is what life feels like. Um, and I remember having that moment in an, another very physically embodied moment for me was when I was like laboring with Archie. And I remember Molly Ardula saying to me, this is what birth is supposed to feel like. You're feeling a lot of crazy sensation right now. It feels insane. This is what it's supposed to feel like. And I, I, I feel that about, about our emotional lives too sometimes like you're not doing anything wrong you're not mentally weak you're not you know this is kind of what it feels like you're okay you know um and so I think that's the kind of support that I need yeah that makes sense have you fallen asleep? No, but I appreciate you going there. I know that's was a difficult um, conversation. About, Which part? I mean, multiple components in there. Um, Not really. I mean, I mm. think I've been thinking about it a lot because of this newsletter I'm writing. Um, mm. And it's really like fucked with me because I'm like, Am I just being defensive? Like, I read this thing. No, not everybody needs therapy. Which I agree with. Not everybody needs therapy. But, like, what if people want to fucking go? Can't just let them go. What's the... What's the... What's it to you? Um, And... It's like, am I... It's kind of like... I don't know. It's like one of those articles where I feel like... Did you you read it? No. No, okay. But it's like... it, It sounds from everything you told me. It's like... I'm sure if you type in should I go to therapy? There's like, you know, a bunch of, it's probably a, a common Google, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Like, okay. You know? And so that's probably somebody like, okay, what is, what is an article that I can write right. that well, will right. provide this? Right. Ex- like if somebody that's looking for this. That's such a good point. Right. Is like, right. Oh, okay. Right. Right. Someone's going to, this is going to be, you know, an there's a click, hit. a clickbait, which it, it got me. I yeah. saw it in my feed and was like, Oh, cool. I mean, like I'm such easy prey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. And I found other articles that were like also sensational, like mm-hmm. we're at peak therapy. Um, you know, therapy's not fixing our mental health crisis. And it's like, no shit. Like, it's like, you know, I know, but I'm so, so I've been really in part of writing this is like being like, am I just, which part of this is just me being defensive and which part of in defensive from a place of like, I'm feeling attacked. I'm not being attacked. Um, so, you know, I, I can try to keep that part at bay, but then I'm not a very disagreeable, you know, you like to argue. I will avoid that unless it's absolutely pertinent. And this is one of those moments where it's like, am I just being disagree? Like, am I just being disagreeable? Am I just like getting my back up about, am I just being too sensitive basically? Um, but the more that I thought about it, I'm like, no, she's got it wrong. She's got pieces of this wrong and no, it's, I mean, I think it's, it's like you said, like, let them, let, if you want to go there, let them go to therapy. Like, right, it's right. just like, you know, like the people who were against, you know, um, same sex marriage. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck is it bothering you? Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> right, they're not right. asking you to marry them. Right. You know, like, right. right. Well, I think, saying, I think her perspective is she thinks that people are saying, 
therapy is a cure-all and everybody should be in it and um, that big therapy is uh, encouraging young people and in particular young women to be dependent on those services. Um, and I just like that. I just don't see that. And it's so, you know, condescending to think that you know better than these people that are seeking out these services and maybe needing them and thriving on them. And, um, it feels very patronizing. Um, and it's just like, when are we going to stop talking to people like this? Like, that's another problem I have is like, if therapy doesn't work for you, you can make that statement all day long. But to say that it isn't a necessary part of someone's support system because they should just like make friends is it's patriarchal. I mean, it's like so paternal, it's paternalistic is what it feels like to me. Um, this feels like a great conversation for our next. I know. Sorry. I'm getting all into it, but yeah. Um, that was a good tease. Good teaser. I know a lot of the things that I said will probably be end up being in it. And now this will settle it. I'll, I'll obviously write it now because I've talked about it so much. But anyway, <clears throat> so you don't really feel hopeless other than like, what's the point in life? Um, How could I? The Lions are in the NFC Championship game yeah, on Sunday. Right. I, I know. Mean, We've been talking about this and I've been like so annoyed because you're in su- you're like you're riding high on this like you're in a new world lions have won two playoff games this is history this has never happened right no one two two consecutive uh in the super bowl era oh right 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 that's correct um they've never won two playoff games right so you're living in you know like uh a world you have never seen you know so for you it's like Skies are blue. Yeah, I mean, imagine if you, for 32 years, were like Sisyphus, just pushing yes, right. a boulder up a hill. And now, and anytime you just look and like you can't see the top of the hill, and it falls back down on you, and you have to start pushing up the hill again, and you're pushing, and you're pushing, and... And then one day, a large figure comes in and tells you not to worry. He's going to bite the kneecaps off of this boulder, (laughs) and it's going to go up to the top of that hill. Mm -hmm. And boy, by George, it happens. Yeah, this is is religious for you. Yeah, it's 32 years of of weight. Yeah. Lifted. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so we're just like on different flight paths right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. Which, you know, great. Yeah, it's great. Um, I mean, so with that quick Lions Corner, rolling down the field, the Lions victory now, yeah, and the blue and silver. So this Sunday, NFC Championship game, Detroit Lions face oh off God. against the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. Fun fact, the last time the Lions won an away playoff game was against whom? The San Francisco 49ers. Correct. In 1957, Lions were down 20 at halftime. They oh my God. were being ridiculed. By the 49ers through the locker room walls and then came out and just mopped the floor with them on their way to a championship. So here we are again. Wow. Here we are again. (sighs) And then in 1983, they played 
San Francisco in San Francisco uh-huh. and lost. Uh-huh. So here's the opportunity <laughs> <It's> like, and <laughs> to avenge that. This is sort of like the From receipts tour. Ago. Okay. You know, like right, right. You You're know, collecting payments. For round one, Matt Stafford. Okay. Whoa. Exercise that demon, knocked that guy out. Okay. 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 Um and in doing so, won the first playoff game in 32 years. Okay. Next game, we have the opportunity to exercise another demon getting to the NFC Championship game 32 mm. years. Mm-hmm. Exercise that demon. Right. Here we are. Right. The referee that's been assigned to this game was somebody who is from Lions lore of 2019 against your Packers. Lions were up by 20 at Lambeau Uh in the fourth quarter. Uh The referee called two hands-to-the-face penalties on the Lions to give new life to the Packers to march on the field and win. So more revenge receipts tour Mm -hmm. happening. Mm. I'm so happy for you. Thanks. I'm sorry that my happiness has to come in the wake of your hopelessness. No, in some ways, it's a reminder of what can be. Mm-hmm. And that it's annoying to be hopeful all the time. So <laughs> We were writing articles this week. You know, on emotional states, like right, without right. even talking, it's quite possible you would have written, you did write yours on hopelessness, and I might have right written about, mine about the power of hope, right, right, exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. And there you have it, yeah, yeah, and that's life, you know, and like, that's why we don't talk between podcasts. We just <laughs> can you tell me about the couple at IHOP real fast? Oh yeah, well, I mean, it was just. I mean, the the guy was an older, very particular gentleman, you could tell. Yes. And the server is like, oh, can I get you some drinks? And standing up, he's like, he, he requested a, a drink by a particular name. And she's like, oh, I, I don't know. He's like, oh, you don't know what uh, um, a, a Frankie Forrest is? And she was like, no, sir. He's like, oh, well, a Frankie Forrest is cranberry juice and 7-Up. Just about three quarters seven up and then cranberry juice. If you do not have seven up, Sprite is fine. Like very, you know, very condescending, condescending. Yeah. to, you yeah. know. Yeah. This but poor woman. I know, this poor woman. But God bless her later, like she, you know, she comes over and he's like, I have to, must say, this. Frankie Force is a bit watery. Um, I don't don't taste the fizz in this. And she was like, "Hmm, okay." And he's like, "If you put in the Seven Up in the cranberry juice," he's like, "No, I, I brought you a cranberry juice and then a Seven Up." I mean, I don't think our, our she was very sweet and nice. But and maybe she had the last laugh. I know what you're trying maybe to it was say. On per- yeah, maybe that was maybe that was intentional. And then, man, and having worked in the um, diner service in- industry, uh-huh. there is an age echelon that orders liver and onions. Chicken liver and onions, and there's an age. There is like a firm cutoff. Yeah. Like my mom likes liver and onions. Sure, she does. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and and she's always told me it was a very cheap thing to get. You know, back in the day when she was growing up, and so yeah, you know, yeah. And alone, they love eating the liver of whatever they. It's catch. I mean, from a protein perspective, there's a lot of yeah, sure, know. just not a. Um, but yeah, of course, he gets liver and onions. Yeah. Yeah, it was a. Uh, Oh man, yeah. The an IHOP in the evening is, which is also pancake restaurant. Pancake pancake restaurant for us over here. Mm-hmm. Um, love pancake restaurant. Love love being at pancake restaurant. Best pancake restaurant. 
uh, international pancake restaurant. Um, anyway, I... Did you ever go to that IHOP on diversity and um, mm. Clark or something like that? Yeah, that was by my one of my places. I don't... This place is crazy. I can't remember... Um, I'm trying to go there on a Saturday or Sunday. It was just yeah. I don't know where did we we didn't really have. We were by the Pick Me Up Cafe. Did you ever go there? I didn't, but okay. not surprisingly, Dan would go there frequently. That was like a legit. That was like a good. It wasn't like a typical. Mm-hmm. At least from what I remember. I wonder if it's still there. Uh, anyway, well, this is us arguing for an hour, and this is what you couldn't expect, and. If you loved it, how could you not? Um, rate and review us on Apple and Spotify. Mm-hmm. And share yes. us with your friends, because who doesn't want to hear this shit? And... Should we... This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Western why, Medicine. Why do you do that every time? <laughs> One, it's not funny. And two, it pisses me off. <laughs> but you think it's so funny. Yeah. I don't... I, it just like it boggles the mind. Let's get that. It'll be brought to you by Western Medicine. You know, because I was right. talking that Right. Up. I mean, no, a lot of times it's just random companies, but this time it was like topical. Right, right. I didn't even hear what you said because I was already frustrated. I wasn't listening. Um, but yeah. we'll be back in probably, we're thinking we'll do this every two weeks for the time being because that's what's realistic for us. Um, and if we pop in here unexpectedly, there'll be a little pop out. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love you. When you say it like that, I know it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Booch. Booch. How are you feeling? Yeah, I do love you too. Yeah. I um, do, do love you. Yeah. I'm so tired. Okay. Okay. That's it. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> All right, Archie. So, tell me, how was your day? Good, 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 good. I wonder if this is a life hack to get you to keep talking to us. About yeah. Hi, everyone. Quick disclaimer. The information provided on this podcast is for informational purposes only. This podcast does not provide any professional or medical advice. Anything written or spoken should not be a replacement for medical, clinical, professional advice, diagnosis, or medical intervention. If you take any action as a result of what you consume on this podcast, this is based solely on your decision, and this podcast cannot be held liable for the consequences of any action or inaction. By consuming this podcast, you agree that there have been no guarantees made about the results of taking any action, whether recommended or not. This podcast provides educational and informational resources that are intended to help readers and listeners thrive in their lives. You nevertheless acknowledge that your ultimate success or failure will be the result of your own efforts, circumstances, and the innumerable factors beyond the control and scope of this newsletter and podcast. Accessing and otherwise utilizing this podcast does not create a therapist-client relationship. Nothing in dialoguing is meant to be a replacement for the services provided by a trained mental health or medical provider.